Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 8, 2018. I'm teaching a series entitled Standing on a Word from God, and we spent 28 messages on the life of Abraham. And today I want to cross over to a, to a new subject, David. So now uh, this is part 29 of the series, Standing on a Word from God, but part one of the life of David. So now we're going to shift over and take a look at the life of David, and we'll be teaching him, you know, for weeks as well. So the title of today's message, Standing on the Word from God, part 29, is when your time comes. When your time comes, nobody can stop you. There is a time, there is a season when your harvest will come due, glory to God, and when that time comes, nobody can stop you. So I want to go uh, to 1 Samuel chapter 16, which is the selection of David, but but if you know me, you know I like to provide the context, right? So I want to make sure you understand the context behind the story. So before we get into 1 Samuel chapter 16, I want to mention something from 1 Samuel chapter 15. So in chapter 15, the Lord told the prophet Samuel um, to give King Saul some instructions. He says, listen, I want you to go tell Saul to go up against Amalek. Now, the Amalekites attacked uh, the Israelites when they were coming out of Egypt. Now they sowed bad seed. They were going to reap a bad harvest. So the Lord told King Saul, I want you to go now to the Amalekites and I want you to destroy them, destroy Amalek, uh, destroy all their possessions, uh, uh, kill everybody to include their animals. I mean, like this was just utter annihilation. They so they did, they did this to Israel. It was like, now they're going to reap what they sown. I'm going to allow Israel to do this to them. So King Saul goes, and um, now King Saul, it feels a little bit comfortable with God, and he feels like he can just make his own decision. So he goes, and, and yet yeah, they pretty much did what God said, but it, he, did, he decided not to kill the king. So he spared a, uh, Agag, the Amalekite king, and then he says, listen, with the, with the best animals, you know what I'm going to do? I know God said kill him, but uh, you know what? Because, you know, it's always good to worship. So I'm going to take the best animals and set them apart. And then I'm going to have this worship ceremony to God. And I'm going to offer them up as an offering to God. And so the Lord says to the prophet Samuel, he said, listen, I sent you to the king to anoint him as king the first time. Then I sent you to, to him every time to give him instructions. On this last one, though, I mean, I gave him some clear instructions and he didn't do what I said. Now, I want you to go back and have a conversation with him and tell him. Um, and he went back. And he said, listen, the Lord says that when you were little in your own eyes, you would have never done this thing. And so, yes, you're offering up a, a sacrifice. But you know what? Obedience is better than sacrifice. You, you know, yeah, you want to say, oh, I'm doing something that's good. I'm doing something that looks good. I, I'm, 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 do I'm, I'm doing God kind of things. So I, I must be OK. But are you doing what God said? He said, no, no, no. Oh, sacrifice is good. But obedience is better than sacrifice. When you was little in your own eyes, you would have never done this thing. So so the Lord uh, didn't tell the prophet to tell Samuel. Uh, I mean, to tell Saul that he was no longer going to be the king. But what he did say in the next chapter is he speaks to his prophet. He says, listen, forget it. Uh, I've moved on from Saul. I want you to go down to Bethlehem to Jesse's house. I have selected one of Jesse's sons to be the next king of Israel. And so this really bothered Samuel because Samuel liked Saul, right? He really did. Uh, but he had to. But <laughs> if anybody knew that obedience is better than sacrifice, is the prophet that just said it. So he's like, man, forget it. If God said go, I got to go. So he was like, OK, I'm going to go down there uh, uh, to Jesse's house. Now, a little thing, uh, a little about Jesse. Jesse, the, the father of David, he was uh, the grandson of Boaz 
and Ruth. He was from the tribe of Judah and he lived in Bethlehem. Now, Samuel knew that if King Saul found out that he was going down to Bethlehem to anoint the next king of Israel, then the king was going to have him killed. He wasn't stupid. So he says, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to make it look like I'm going to go do an animal sacrifice. This joker likes sacrifices anyway. So he says, hey, I'm going to go down to Bethlehem and do like an animal sacrifice. So he goes down uh, to Bethlehem to do his routine act of worship. And when he arrived in Bethlehem, he tells the town elders, hey, I'm here for a sacrifice. I'm here. You know, I'm the prophet and I'm here. Uh, uh, you know who I am, you know the relationship I have with the king, but I'm here to do a sacrifice. And then he walked over to Jesse's house. So he found out where Jesse lives, goes to Jesse's house, and he tells Jesse, hey, I'm here to do this sacrifice. And before we do the sacrifice, we got to go through the purification ceremony. So I want, I want you to participate. So I want you and all your sons to participate in the purification ceremony. He says, I want you and all your sons to participate in this purification ritual. And so he's like, okay, cool. And so they go and they participate in the ritual. And after everyone was ceremonially, un, uh, ceremonially clean now, and, and remember, the prophet is thinking, this is, these are all the boys. Samuel was ready to make a selection. And um, however, before he left, though, this is something interesting. If you read the Bible, the, the Lord told Samuel, hey, Samuel, you are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. Now, you would think that the Lord wouldn't have to say that to a prophet, but obviously he said it for a reason. So he gets there to the house. They let, he says, listen, now line up all your boys. The Lord sent me here. Uh, I'm, I'm supposed to anoint one of your sons to be the next king of Israel. And so as, as he lines up all the boys uh, and, and the prophet stands, he looks at the oldest boy. His name was Eliab. And he was like, oh, my God, this he's handsome. He's young. He's strong. And the prophet, the man of God said, surely the Lord's anointed is standing before the Lord. Surely this has to be the one. I mean, he's looking good. He's strong. Uh, surely this is the one, right? And the Lord said to the prophet, no, don't consider his appearance. Don't consider his height. The indication, the indication is that Eliab was taller than David. Don't consider his height. Don't consider his appearance. I've rejected him. I haven't selected him. The Lord does not look at the outward appearance like men do. The Lord says to the prophet, people look at the outward appearance, but me as God, I look at the heart. Oh man, that's so good. He was like, you're getting caught up in the outward stuff and I am looking at the heart. So, so then the prophet was like, okay, my bad God. All right, no problem. So then he goes to the next son. His name was Abinadab. And the Lord says, no, he, he's not the one. It's like, all right, Lord. <laughs> and then he goes to the next one and the next one and the next one. And he goes through all seven boys. And the Lord said no to all seven. And at that point, now the prophet is like, wait a minute. I know the Lord sent me here. I know what, what's going on. He says to Jesse, wait a minute. Do, do, you, do you have any more sons? And Jesse was like, yeah, I have one more. He's, his name is David. He's out there tending to my sheep. And so the prophet says, man, what's wrong with you? I told you, man, go get, go get your son. So he sends the boys out. He says, we're not going to sit down until he gets here. I am here to anoint the next king of Israel. Go get the boy. We're not going to sit down until he gets here. So we're going to stop here in the story uh, for today. Because really, then tomorrow we're going to pick it up where David comes back. And then we'll see what happens. He's going to get anointed. So what does this mean to you today on this Monday morning? And, and I love Bible stories, but now we got to bring it to 
today for you and me. Listen, the story was good, and we're going to deal with many, many more stories in this, in this overall story of the life of David. The stories are good. Uh, they're entertaining, and we thank God for that. But right now is Monday morning. You're heading into a whole week of stuff. Some people are, are relaxing today for Columbus Day. Other people are still working. But as you head into this day and head into this week, more than likely you have more tasks than time. You have a bunch of stuff on your schedule and, and you really got things to do. So before you head into those things, let's seek God concerned. Let's glean some things from this passage for us. You ready? Open up your heart now to receive. I have four things for you. Number one, God gives commands, not suggestions. When God, God is God. He sits on the circle of the earth. He is our Lord. He is either Lord or of all. He is not Lord at all. If God says something, he's not giving you advice. He's not giving you a suggestion. God told uh, the, the king what to do through the prophet and he didn't do it. When God tells you something, it is a command. When the Lord gives you clear instructions, you should not come up with something that you think is better, is a better idea than God's idea. It will never be a better better idea than God's idea. Even if you think that, oh, it's going to look good, it's for God. No, no, no. Just do what he said. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Number two, you got to remain little in your own eyes. The prophet told them, he said, listen, hey, king, when you was little in your own eyes, you would have never done this thing. Uh, you would have never disobeyed God like that. You have to remain little in your own eyes. You have to remain humble before God. The quickest way up in God is down, remaining humble. The quickest way down in God is up if you exalt yourself. Listen, I, I've done both <laughs> and, and, and you don't want to do it. You want to remain humble. You want to remain little in your own eyes. Number three, if you remain humble, the Bible says, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, then God will exalt you in due season. And that's the problem. We don't like to wait on that due season. David was minding his own business when his season came due. God will exalt you in due season. But you got to remain humble and God will exalt you if you remain humble. Now, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, then God will humble you. Oh, and I've experienced both. And I'm telling you that God exalting you is way better than God humbling you. You don't want to have to be humbled by God. So if you exalt yourself, God will humble you. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. And believe me, humbling yourself is better. Number four and finally, last point for this morning. No one can take the blessing that God has with your name on it. Glory to God. There is a blessing with your name on it. There is an assignment with your name on it. There is a purpose with your name on it. And nobody can take it. No, there's no way. Even though the prophet wanted to anoint Eliab, God says, there's no way I'm going to allow you to release the blessing that I have for David on anyone but David. Even though David is not in the lineup, even though they didn't even think to have him there. There's no way. See, David's father didn't even think to have him in the lineup. And, and what really bothers me is that not, not even one of the boys spoke up. Nobody said anything, but it didn't matter. What God has for you is for you. No one can take your blessing. God is not going to release it on anybody else. It is tailor-made for you. It has your name on it. Even when people don't think enough about you to put your name in the running, even when people don't think enough about you to, to recommend you for the promotion, even when people don't think enough about you to even put you in the consideration, God has a way of getting you considered anyway. Glory to God. God has a way of, of still giving you what's yours. And when God promotes you, God will see to it that you get promoted right in front of them. That's what's going to happen with these boys. That's what's going to happen with Jesse. God will see to it that you get promoted right in front of them. And the same people that overlooked you, the same people that omitted you, the same people that dismissed you, they will have to stand by as God exalts you. Glory to God. God has plans for you 
that you know nothing about. He, that's another point. David was out there minding his own business, doing what he was supposed to be doing, tending to his father's sheep, doing it in excellence. He protected the sheep at all costs. He killed the lion. He killed the bear with his bare hands. He was doing some stuff that he thought nobody was looking at, but God was looking. See, when you are out there minding your own business, doing what you're supposed to be doing, there are plans that God has for you that you know nothing about, and God will expose those plans for you. God will expose these things to you in, in levels. God will expose these things to you in stages. He will reveal it to you in glimpses. And one revelation from God can change your life forever. Last thing I'll say on this Monday morning is when, when your time comes, when your time comes, no one can stop you. When you least expect it, the Lord can give you a promise that will propel you into your destiny. One word from God can change your life, can change your situation, can change your state, and it can change it forever. One word, one promise can propel you into your destiny, into this next season that you'll walk in. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice now and say this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of expectation for me. Like David, I know you have destined me for your purpose. I am not a mistake. I am here for a reason. I was born for a specific assignment. While I'm waiting on you to reveal yourself, I will be faithful over what I'm charged to do. I will do what I'm expected to do, and I'll do it in excellence every day of my life, even when it seems like no one is watching. I know you are watching, Father, and you will open the door of favor in your timing. What you have for me is for me. <laughs> my blessing has my name on it. It cannot be given to anyone else. So I will wait patiently, expectantly, and faithfully. And when I least expect it, my breakthrough will come and my life will be changed forever. Understanding this, I can go to work and whistle while I work because when my time comes, no one can stop me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. As you head into this day, as you head into this week, apply this word. No one can stop. Listen, when your time comes, your time comes. And what God has for you is for you. And so you open up your heart to God's best. Be faithful now. Do everything that you do in excellence. Because when you think no one is watching, God is watching. Head into this day, and before you leave the screen, please share this message with someone that you know. Share this on your social media. God bless you.